Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. This is Lynn. Hi, Lynn. It's Jody. This is our first in-person recording ever. Yeah. Well, other than Gooseberry Falls. Other than, and that was an true. experiment. That's true. Yeah. And this, so this is actually sunshining. The, the, it's not snowing or raining. No. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's warm. And we are in our, one of our most favorite places yes. on the earth. Yes. So we're at the trailhead. So you'll hear some, probably hear people behind us having drinks and dinner at Mill Valley Market. So trailhead is in Theaterworth Park which is, of course, smack dab in between Minneapolis and Golden Valley. It's one of the most beautiful parks ever, and the trailhead is super special to Jody and me. Yes, it is. This is where the birth of We Do This For Fun occurred. Mm-hmm. Sitting here in the wintertime outside <laughs> by a fire. Drinking beer. Drinking beer, figuring out like what kind of creative project we could do together in mm-hmm. a way that we could bring voices to the table and to really create an opportunity for women to understand, women and everyone, but a lot of mainly women, to really understand what is available to them by just stepping out their front door and taking some chances. Yeah. Yeah. And so we are so delighted and honored, in fact, to have with us the executive director, Claire Wilson, of the Lopit Lopit. Lopit, Lopit Foundation. Which one, Claire? Which one is it? Oh, you pick. <laughs> you tomato, tomato. Your own title. Yes. Potato, potato. <laughs> potato, potato. Lopit, Lopit. Really, it doesn't matter. Okay. Really, it doesn't matter. Oh, this makes me feel so good. So when people correct me, I can just say. You can just say we use it interchangeably. Okay, wonderful. We're not diving into that deep conflict right okay. now this early in the podcast. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. We're going to say. The executive director of the foundation <laughs> yes. told us we can say it however we want to say it. Yes. All right. We've cleared that up. Yes. So, okay. So the Lopit Lopit, I'll say <laughs> Lopit. When you say Lopit, I, I say, say Lopit. Yes, that's how it is. Runs this. Can you just tell us about, it's kind of, not a lot of people know about the foundation's involvement at the trailhead in Worth Park, but you guys really run the show over here. That's right. We are in a very unique partnership with the Minneapolis Park Board. So the Lobit Foundation runs the trailhead, operates the trailhead out of Theodore Worth Park, and we also operate the cross-country skiing in the winter and actually all winter recreational activities, all of the mountain biking. If your listeners could see, we've got many young ones running around us on mountain bikes right now. Um, and really, that, that came to be... Because a very small, dedicated group of volunteers 20 years ago decided that they wanted to improve the grooming and the winter opportunity at Theodore Worth Park. Um, because, as you all mentioned, it's right in the center of the city. We cradle North Minneapolis and Golden Valley and Southwest, and it is a, you know, a park that is the size of Central Park. So this very small, dedicated group of volunteers set out to start to help improve the conditions at Worth Park. And 20 years later, we're sitting in a beautiful meadow with a 14,000 square foot building, you know, and- uh, With great beer and great food. Obviously, (laughs) Mill Valley Market also on site here. Um, The avocado toast is to die for, (laughs) just (laughs) for the record. Uh, Also, great trails. Yes. As a mountain biker and as a newer mountain biker of the last probably, I don't know, eight years or so. um, Also accessible, friendly. 
for me as not a an expert. So that's another beautiful thing I think about what is happening here is that these trails are available to everyone. Jody, that's right. We the foundation is deeply committed to assuring that the park and its activities are as welcoming and inclusive, regardless of where you are in your progression in a sport or where you are in the city, that you can come here and find a sacred space to do what you love. And so whether that be cross country skiing or mountain biking or picnicking or barbecuing or just enjoying the beautiful oak savannah um we want you to have an experience here that increases your joy and love of the outdoors and as someone who is terrible at skate skiing i can attest that i do not feel judged when i'm out here when i <laughs> jody can attest i'm always like the caboose of the train trying to like keep up with everybody on my skate skis but i, I always feel very welcomed and not Nobody looks cross-eyed at me because I'm not good on my skate skis. No, no, no. no judgment. I nope. feel the same way. I'm not a great skier myself, but I feel like I can come here and I don't... I, of course, compare myself to other people, sure. but mm-hmm. they don't seem to care about what I'm doing. So, <laughs> right, yeah. Which is <laughs> Just like, get the out case. of the way, lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that you said sacred space. I really love that because I do think that this park has become, especially during a pandemic, yes, an absolute sacred space for not only athletes and people that want to use the trails, but for families who just want to get out of their house and have a meal and let their kids run free and everyone just have a space to be able to just enjoy being outside and not being homebound. Can you talk a little bit about how the pandemic has affected kind of what the ongoings here? Oh, absolutely. It's been really incredible to see how many families and and really just anybody in the city has come out. Our, our utilization of the park has increased by threefold. I wow, mean, this wow. year we sold 11,000 ski passes. Wow. So a little plug, you need a ski pass for the winter. Yes. Um, get yours online quick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we... And that was with a baseline of about 6,000, you know, earlier um, in past years. So, you know, the increase that we saw in trail usage, but then, like you said, just people coming out to enjoy Friday night music, hiking, snowshoeing. I mean, I would look out my office window and there would just be families like snowshoeing on the median of the parking lot. I was like, oh, guys, Matt, there's woods over there. You know, people are just like, we got to get out. We got to get out. But, you know, I would also say I invoke sacred because I think also just, you know, folks in the city need a space right now, a refuge, really, after um, all of the turmoil that the city has been through. And um, and we really strive to be a place where people can come together and just, you know, have some peace. And um, I think that that is achieved both through our stewardship of the land, but also just through more people knowing that it's here because there's lots of folks who don't even haven't experienced Theodore Worth. Yeah. People who are neighbors who haven't experienced it. Right. right. Do you think that people are discovering, because we hear a lot about like nature as medicine, nature as a healing force. Do you think more people are understanding that, grasping that? Oh, absolutely. I feel like the greatest opportunity right now, post-COVID, um, is that we don't go back yeah. to yes. fully inside lives. Yes. I feel like people are realizing that that way of life was not healthy, mm-hmm. obviously, physically healthy, but also not healthy for the spirit or the mind. Um, you know, I'm a person, not knocking your beer drinking, but as a person <laughs> in long-term recovery, um, you know, the outdoors was always medicine. I mean, once I, yeah. you know... Um, came and you know became more involved and more engaged in outdoor adventure like it became sustenance and I think that we are seeing that and my hope is that all these families and these young kids and 
the girls, like the young yes. girls are suddenly totally into mountain biking. Yes, my daughter's you one know, of them. Yeah. That they are just going to keep, the momentum will keep growing yeah. because, and we won't go back. And I, I think that once people get hooked, they will stay hooked, hopefully. Yeah. 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 It seems to me that um, kind of with all of the youth sport being shut down, we were all like looking for something to get our kids involved. And I know that this program has been like a lifesaver to me and my family and my children, my kids that hadn't skied before this year. And um, I would see them walking down the hallway of our house, like doing ski poles. Like I was like, oh, my gosh, it took. Yeah. It's working. Yeah. Jody, I've had so many parents tell me that trail kids saved their lives. Yes. Um, their parents' lives, not <laughs> just the children. But I will say right now we have a bunch of trail kids programming happening right around us. And um, just yesterday, you know, a young girl ran up to me and was like, this is the best summer of my oh, life. That's fantastic. You know, I just I want to be here every day. And. That's really, that's, that is the piece that makes me the happiest yeah. because these kids are really being exposed to sports that they wouldn't necessarily be exposed to. Like you said, during the course of school, I mean, cross country skiing, mountain biking, it's just not, those aren't activities that are typically accessible. Yeah. What about for kids? So we talked to, you talked about North Minneapolis. Um, what about for kids who, you know, you're, I know, can you talk about what the foundation is doing in terms of inclusivity and, and, and increasing access for kids from all backgrounds. So the foundation is deeply committed to a shared passion for outdoor adventure. And so we are, we run school-based programs in um, most of the elementary schools in North Minneapolis. And those programs are, are primarily in the winter and give kids a chance to learn to cross-country ski. They work their way up to the City of Lakes Festival, the Lopit Festival that occurs, you know, midwinter. They come and race. Um, and they just get to kind of have that sense of what it means to be outdoors and learn about, you know, the right clothing, the right equipment, really uh, having a community experience. And then by middle school, we offer a really you know, unique program for middle schoolers in North Minneapolis called the Junior Lobit, which is a year-round experience hmm. for them. So we see them twice a week, year-round. They do multiple activities, and they really, um, not only do they grow in skill progression in certain sports, but really they get this deep connection to one another that is really beautiful to watch and it's really unique and and all of those programs are are no cost Hmm. oh that's wonderful that's fantastic i would also imagine that there's a added benefit for families who see their children out doing these winter activities that perhaps were not accessible before does it trickle down i mean they say kids are the change like that's how programs start and that's what like recycling for example came from schools so do you see that kind of trickle into families and just getting families a little more involved in the outdoors? I think that varies, you know, by what's available to the family. Okay. I think we still have a lot of work to do as an outdoor community, right, in assuring that, you know, we do focus on the kids, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, yay, the more kids we get outdoors, the better. Yep. But you don't necessarily always see that trickle up effect especially with winter sports because equipment can be expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still not readily, um, you know, it's not kind of part of everybody's, I mean, let's face it, only 0.2% of, you know, the whole world cross country skis. (laughs) We're not talking about something that everybody grew up envisioning themselves doing. (laughs) You know, and frankly, a lot of kids are like, well, not my jam. Like somebody else can do this. Um, But my hope is that it gets families out here to the park, that they see the snowboard hill, they see the tubing, they go snowshoeing, or they just fall in love with being outside at Worth. So it might not always translate directly into cross country skiing, but the hope is that it does help more families feel 
welcomed here yeah, in the park. Yeah. Let's also mention there's a sledding hill. So oh, you can absolutely. easily bring your own sled and like you don't need a cross country ski. You can do something mm-hmm. that's just very typical to there our is little American sledding, experience. There is sledding, there's tubing, there's a we are we operate a snowboard hill, which is the only snowboard hill in any urban area in the whole nation. I'm wow. making that claim right here. Nice. <laughs> Put it that please don't ground. please yeah. don't yep. fact check me on that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. <laughs> so I would love to know so for people listening if they want to support the foundation i mean what are because you guys have so many programs and and can you talk about your aspirations for growth and how the public can support the foundation to continue to do all these great things in even bigger and better ways well there's a couple of ways of course you can anytime you participate in an activity at the low bit you're supporting the foundation so you can come learn to mountain bike as i just did in our in our trail adults program and you know engaging with one of those programs that you know any any revenue that we generate from those programs goes to support all of our outreach um, to youth and families Um, but then of course if you register for one of our events so if you come to one of our trail running races or one of our ski events um, and then of course we just like every other nonprofit on the planet (laughs) welcome your money so you may donate to us at lobit.org lobit.org just type it in and donate your money because this can only grow and I think our aspirations are that we are reaching even more kids who might not for whom these sports might not be readily accessible and we are certainly currently also we have such a nice connection with elementary and middle school kids but we we, we lose them in high school and that okay. feels like a very important time yeah. um to to make sure that kids feel seen feel a part of the community and you know then they become coaches and yeah work here at the foundation and you know so that's really an area if of need for us and growth and opportunity. Interesting. I've been told by a lot of parents that whose kids have continued on in cross country skiing or, mar- or uh, mountain biking that those are the nicest kids. Like the other parents have said that. And I would also echo that too as a parent having my kids in these programs and the coaches yeah. and the teenagers that are mentoring them mm-hmm. and coaching them, them seeing another kid like them. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it that just too. gets them stoked. They're just so excited because they want to be able to do what my neighbor Mason just showed my, my son to be able to do, you know? I have to say, I, I was just talking to a group of high school students who, who are engaged with us and they, they right away said it. They said, you're not making programs, you're making community like mm-hmm. we are friends wow. we, so they get it yeah. that it's about connection to each other and then a byproduct is maybe that you learn to ski and you know we're not we're not growing great skiers we're trying to grow good humans right. and you know and everything else right and maybe the next Jesse Diggins because you do oh, have gosh. you yeah. do have the elite yes. uh, so ta- let's talk yeah, about that a little bit new. I mean so you, there are elite athletes that are training here. And, oh, and yes, you guys are working indeed. on some cool programming to, to try to get the next Olympians to come out of Worth Park. Absolutely. I mean, we are really balancing accessibility with also still being a world-class venue for both events and for training. And so we have just launched Team Berkey with our partners, obviously, at the Berkey Foundation. And uh, they are being led by Caitlin Gregg, who is an inspiration and a coach and an incredible elite athlete. <laughs> athlete in her own right and you know we're really hoping that we can keep elite athletes who often go to the east or the west coast to do their you know olympic training right here in minneapolis because what we offer 
again, is an urban setting. Yeah. So folks can come here and continue their elite ski training while also being actively engaged in the community. So, and actively engaged in the rest of our foundation's programming. So really it gives all of our kids access to these incredible athletes who are really on the path to the Olympics Mm -hmm. or the World Cup or, you know, they're really engaged in an elite activity. And then, of course, because only so many humans actually, (laughs) as we watch the Olympics right Right. now (laughs) in the summer, we see that only, you know, a handful of humans make it there. But Mm -hmm. again, if along the way they're being engaged with the community, they're getting an experience to be here in the heart of Minneapolis. It just it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And you yourself. okay, so let's shift gears again Mm -hmm. to talk about you, because you, Claire, have an amazing story. You were in an slash are an elite athlete. Uh Are you still elite? It's a good thing we're on radio. (laughs) Yes, super elite. (laughs) (laughs) A lot more elite than uh, I've ever been. (laughs) I am not currently an elite athlete. Let's be (laughs) super clear about that before anybody Googles. Um, But no, I did, when I first moved to Minneapolis, I I had come from the South. I grew up in Louisiana, fell in love with skiing, cross-country skiing when I went to Maine to college. Um, So came to skiing quite late in life, you know, in terms of most elite development. Um, But then really, really pursued skiing for a while. I coached and I raced and, you know, really did that year round for a while, which is how I got involved with the foundation when I was younger. Right, because you were the first employee of the Lopet Loppet. That is correct. I was the first paid employee of the Lopet Loppet. That's amazing. Yes, 20 years ago. Look at you now, Claire. Ran that first uh, race out of my tiny little apartment in Uptown, stuffing bibs into packets and thinking, (laughs) well, this is not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy to be super wrong about that. And because I'd had a background in camping, um, I ran residential girls camps for a while. I was pretty insistent that we have youth programming in the summer to accompany the race event in the winter. So Hmm. that's that was one of the parts of the birth of uh, of our youth programming. Huh. We didn't talk about the fact that you enjoy camping, do oh, you? I enjoy camping. Really? So much do I enjoy camping. Really? Oh, yes. That's, yeah, that's the that's how we met. So yeah. that's not only do I enjoy taking myself camping, but, you know, I also just enjoy camp in general. And one thing that we have happening here at the foundation right now is our adventure camp, oh. which happens all summer long for one week. Kids come and they get just a variety of experiences. So canoeing, archery, arts and crafts, mountain biking, log rolling this week we're doing. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, but I believe in camp as as a philosophy. Yeah. I just think that kids do best when they are completely unplugged. Yes, agree. I mean, it's very safe, but mildly unstructured. And, <laughs> you know, you and know they what, just though? get to be kids. They get yeah. to be kids. Yeah. I just feel like I love all of our trail kids programs where you learn to mountain bike, and I love our Nordic ski programs where you learn to Nordic ski, but it is a joy to watch these kids come in every week and just get to be kids and have camp. Um, I just think, you know, specialized camps are wonderful and you get so much out of them, but just those times when they get to play four square and tromp around in the woods and it's beautiful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so was it like a week of log rolling or that's one day? <laughs> well, the log rolling, you only get a couple of shots at oh, that. I know. Right. Sadly, okay. it's not a week long okay. log rolling camp. Can I camp. sign up Again, for Jody, It's camp? an all around. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me focused on not that. Not skill specific. <laughs> High achievers. Right. I'm not listening <laughs> to you. I am so sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So I we, we could talk to you all day, but we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, our top tip from Claire Wilson.
We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at wedothisforfun at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We do not judge. We promise. We've been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening. We are back with Claire Wilson, the executive director of the Lopit Lopit Foundation. (laughs) (laughs) And okay, so we do this thing at the end of every show we call the top tip. So, and that can apply to any realm of what we've been talking about. It can be um, just helpful for listeners if they've never done something like what we're talking about before. Like, what is your top tip for them? You know, I think my top tip has always been just to be authentic. I mean, I feel like authenticity is the heart of adventure. So if your heart is telling you go camping, gosh, go camping, you know, don't, don't, don't do it because you don't want to do it. I just feel like we know ourselves better than anyone else. And I feel like the things that have brought me the most joy in life are when I really listened to where my love was calling me next and I went and did it. I love that. Um, So that's my top tip. Oh, I just got goosebumps. So did I. Are you a poet also? (laughs) Yes, in my (laughs) spare time. (laughs) You have so much of that. (laughs) As the first woman, we didn't mention that either, though. First woman of the... The first female executive director of the foundation. So that's another big feather in your cap. <laughs> well, in fairness, second executive director of the Lovett well, Foundation. Know. But yes, also a woman. Still, big deal. First yes. queer gonna, woman executive director. We're right going to claim that. Yeah, yep. yeah <laughs> claiming it, <laughs> taking it. it. Yep. <laughs> Got to take it where we can yeah, get it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it has been so delightful to talk to you. And again, thank you so much for letting us set up camp here at the Trailhead um, as yeah, as everyone knows, Jody and I are big fans. We practically live here, so it's just such an honor to get to to talk with you and and share this beautiful place with you. Well, it's a total honor to have you all here, and I certainly hope that everybody who's listening to this will come check out the Trailhead if you haven't already, and just yeah, come experience the joy of Theodore Worth. Yeah, and we'll be um, recording from here many times, so Yay. we'll be sure to let our listeners know that this is the place to be. Yeah, all seasons. All right. Yes, yeah, summer. Winter, spring and fall. That's right. Claire, do you have a parting poem that you'd like to share? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll keep that oh, off the table. All right. Thank well, you. Thank, thank you so much.